This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, there are so many Christians that are going through the routine. We go to church. Why? Because it's Sunday. And if you would ask people, what is your mindset when you go to church? I don't think a lot of them, I don't think a lot of them are thinking, perhaps because they've not been taught, that their mindset walking in should be open hands, open heart, um, open spirit. Welcome back to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we launch a new season of podcast. Our theme for the podcast is from James 1, verse 22, where James tells us to not merely listen to the Word and so deceive ourselves, but to do what it says. So our desire in this podcast is to provide you a resource that challenges you to build a faith that is active in every part of your life. Uh, We will be discussing in just a moment a a recent message from our new series, Letters from Jesus. But before we do that, Pastor Christian, welcome back. Um, You're fresh off of a summer sabbatical. Um, Would you mind taking a few minutes to discuss some of the things you learned about yourself and um, what you discovered about JCI while you rested for a few weeks? Yeah, I will say this. For those who really want a deeper answer to this question, go listen to the messages from August 5th and August 12th at Journey Church International, because I took two weeks to share four secrets to sabbatical. What I learned about our church is we've got a great church that's on mission for Jesus. You know, my mentors told me, Christian, when you leave for six weeks, you're going to find out if you have an audience or a church. An audience comes to hear a specific person. When he's not there, they won't be there. They're coming really for the person on the stage. But if your church stays strong, you show you've got a church on mission. You show you've got a church connected to Jesus. You show you've got a church connected to each other. And Brandon, we don't want to be a one generation church. We want to be, you know, a church that hopefully stands for a hundred years or more. And our church have shown us that's the DNA that they have while I was away. You know, while I rested, uh, I learned to really rest well. You've got to trust well. Uh, and I learned that when you trust well, you actually see Jesus do things bigger and better than you could have done yourself. And as you experience Jesus, you you just get to know him in a brand new manner. And all of those things, learning to rest, learning to trust, getting to experience Jesus, allowing myself to get to know him more deeply, uh, all of those things were put in me so that I could turn around and help others do the same. So the sabbatical was wonderful for me. I pray that it will be wonderful for our church as their level of rest and trust and experience and knowledge goes up uh, as they are a part of what God is doing in me. And together we live in spiritual community this fall. Yeah, they were powerful messages. And I do encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. You can go to our website at takethejourney.cc and uh, just click on the message link at the top. And and, and they're very powerful messages. So thank you for leading us there. Uh, let's jump into our new series, Pastor Christian, entitled Letters from Jesus. It's a it's going to be a fascinating study in the book of Revelation. Uh, many are often confused or even afraid to read and study Revelation, while others actually find it enjoyable and extremely fascinating. Tell us, tell us why you've chosen to guide our church in the study through the letters in the book of Revelation. Here's why I've done that, Brandon. I, I always want to know, Jesus, what do you think about our church? Jesus, how are we doing? Jesus, are we, are we hitting the mark? In my prayer time, I'm talking to the Lord trying to help him show me whether or not we're on target as a church. I mean, we we know our mission is on target with the mission of the book of Acts to see people who are far from God become passionate Christians. 
who make a difference in the world. Uh, but how do we know if that's happening, right? Attendance and offering doesn't tell us the full story. Uh, even conversions on Sundays that we're able to kind of see and keep track of really don't tell us. The great work that we're doing for Love Week and at, at Vacation Bible School and youth camps, none of those things tell us a full story. So I'm always in conversation with the Lord trying to make sure we're doing what he has called his church to do. And the answer to that question, Lord, how are we doing, comes in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. It's in that book, in those chapters, where Jesus writes seven letters to the churches of Asia Minor, the churches of the last part of the first century. But really, they are letters that are all written to the church in the future forever. So as a pastor, if I want to know how, how our church is doing, Jesus says, go to my letters and see what I'm looking for in the church. If you're doing those things, you're going to stay strong. If you're not, you need to redirect a little bit. So I'm aware of those, but I, I want our church as a group of Christians uh, to know what Jesus says about what their lives should look like, what their impact should look like, the things that should go well, the things that should go away. Uh, and Revelation chapter 1 through 3 really helps us understand that, starting with John's experience, which we talked about this Sunday. Uh, as a as a political prisoner, exiled to an island, probably with a severely deformed body, um, but yet still pressing into Jesus. He's the perfect picture of somebody to show us what our Christianity should look like in the year 2018 and beyond. Pastor Christian, I really felt like this message was help, helping us prepare for what is about to take place over the next seven weeks. Um, uh, in fact, a majority of your message was focused on this idea of receiving uh, why is it important for us to have a spirit to receive, not only as we study the book of Revelation, but in our relationship with Jesus? So I'm, fr I'm from farm country in southern Ohio, right? Raised around farms, raised around friends who had a lot of farm animals, raised around redneck sayings like, um, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And the reality is you can come to church every Sunday, but if you're not thirsty— you're not going to take anything in. So the reality of having a spirit to receive, we, we look at John on the island of Patmos, and the thing that allows Jesus to really download this apocalypse, apocalypsis, this revelation unveiling of who he is, what his church looks like, the end of times, all of that happens because John has space on his hard drive, right? He has cleared out space. He is connected online. He is waiting for a download from Jesus. There are so many Christians that are going through the routine. We go to church. Why? Because it's Sunday. And if you would ask people, what is your mindset when you go to church? I don't think a lot of them, I don't think a lot of them are thinking, perhaps because they've not been taught, that their mindset walking in should be open hands, open heart, um, open spirits, that their mindset every Sunday should be, Lord, I want to receive, which is why I have just recently started. I thought, I'm not going to read the Bible in our church without pausing and making sure our people know that this is God's word to them, not my sermon, God's word to them. I want our people in a posture to receive because a horse can stand beside a whole lot of water and get none of it if he's not thirsty. And a Christian can be in an environment with unbelievable worship, with with rich, fulfilling teaching, and get none of it if they don't come thirsty, if they don't come ready to receive. John was able to hear from God because he was listening. John was able to receive from God because he was open. John was able on that Lord's Day 
to connect with Jesus because he was trying to live in the Spirit, connect to the Spirit. And when he did, Jesus just began to speak to him like I hope he's going to speak to the people in our church, not just through this series, but all through this fall and into the new year. So let's talk about John for just a moment. Um, As you described his life, you almost wouldn't blame him for retreating and walking away from his faith. You mentioned his home was destroyed, his spiritual mother had died, his friends were dead, he was arrested and nearly killed, he was exiled and put on in a prison camp, and all of that, and yet we see John's desire to, to be closer to Jesus. Uh, for John, following Jesus made life more complicated and difficult, actually not easier. Would you take a moment and speak to that individual right now who might be listening, who has that desire to retreat, like to receive is the furthest thing from their mind? Yeah, I'll I'll try to do that. I mean, what you just said when you, when you hear someone say it, yeah. it's like wow, that is it's awful. It's like a country song without the last verse. <laughs> Everything has gone yeah. wrong. And we didn't mention his yeah, dog died. I yeah, don't know. he may no, have had a dog. Nothing yeah. is coming to go right. I think we think that hey, when we open our life to receive, we receive good things. And if we're not receiving good things, either we are not open to receive or the person giving us things is not good. And when you look at John, we know his spirit was open to receive, but what he was receiving through our lens was not good, right? I mean, he had lost all of his friends. He had lost his spiritual mothers. His his work was appearing maybe to be falling apart a little bit. His life had certainly fallen apart, and yet here he was with nothing left but Jesus. And Jesus says a spirit like that is one that I can trust to record my revelation for the rest of the world. There is, there is a mom out there right now struggling in her marriage. Today we're recording this on the day that all the kids go back to school, uh, and she's just hoping to make it through the day, wondering where Jesus is. Jesus will be right where you open up to him, and he'll give you right what you need for today to be close to him and to get to tomorrow. I think what we do is is we we try to chase down things that we want And then we hope that's Jesus' will for us. Instead of just surrendering our will and saying, Jesus, today I receive whatever you have for me. I will trust that to be enough for me for this day, for this time, for this season. Uh, And I think, and a lot of it is kind of the, the health and wealth Christianity that sometimes is preached from platforms today, but it is not found in the Bible when you use correct theology. There are good things that happen when you follow God. The best of them, though, are all spiritual. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, you're given a counselor who's with you every moment of every day. Your eternity is secured. Your the, the gifts that have been implanted in you come to life. The Spirit of God inside you comes to life. All of those things happen. But if you say, you know, Christianity is, is all fun and games, you can't tell that to Daniel. You can't tell that to Joseph. You can't tell that to Jeremiah. You can't tell that to all of John's friends, the other 11 disciples who were all martyred. That can't be totally true, but it's worth it, which means we've got to get to a deeper level of our faith, realizing that God's will is to make us holy, not happy. His goal is to make us more like Jesus, because when we become more like Jesus, we have everything that we need on the very, very good days of life and the very, very bad days of life. John was in a very, very bad day of life physically 
but he was in a very good spot spiritually because he just trusted Jesus and he knew the Jesus that he was trying to give us a better picture of through the book of Revelation. So as we wrap uh, the podcast up, I have uh, just a couple more questions for you, Pastor Christian. There's an old adage that says distance makes the heart grow fonder. Although that might be true in some ways, I think John would argue that he felt more loved by Jesus the closer he was to Jesus. Would you take a few minutes and talk about why our proximity to Jesus is so crucial to knowing that we are loved by Jesus? Yeah, so the thing we learn about John, John was the little kid, you know, who who was just always hanging around his older brother, right? I mean, we actually know his older brother was named James. He was one of Jesus' disciples. John was the kid in line who, when the person in front of him stopped, he always ran into him because like he was just too close. John, every time you see Jesus in scripture, like there's John, right? Even in Jesus' private moments in Gethsemane, there's John. At the Mount of Transfiguration, there's John. When Jairus' daughter is raised back to life, there's John. At the Last Supper, sitting right beside Jesus, there's John. At the cross, there's John, the only disciple. The first one to the tomb, there's John. Like he was always hot on the heels of of Jesus. Jesus told all of his disciples, follow me. John, I think, took it more seriously than anyone else. Um, Jesus said, follow me. John thought that meant he wanted to give him a piggyback ride. I mean, John was on him. But it is that it is that proximity to the promise. It is, it is trying to stay that close to Jesus that always keeps you within earshot of his vision, his revelation for our life. John was able to hear it. Psalm 91 gives us the proximity to the promise. How close should we stay to God? Close enough to be in his shadow. How tall is he? As a man, as a Jewish man, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was probably, we don't read he was short like Zacchaeus. We don't read he was tall like Saul, which means he was probably very average. He was probably between five foot eight and five foot 10 or 11. So how close do you need to stay to Jesus? Well, within about six feet, unless, you know, it's a really high sun and then maybe 11 or 12, but close, right? I mean, you got to be close to be in somebody's shadow. And scripture says, if you will rest in the shadow that you'll dwell in the presence of the almighty. John was always within the shadow of Jesus. Wherever Jesus was, he was within earshot. And that's my challenge for our people. Have a plan to figure out how to stay within earshot of Jesus every day of your life. And that was my final question. What spiritual growth challenge would you have for myself and the listeners of this podcast today as we approach the fall and as we study the seven letters to the church churches of Revelation? Yeah, here's what I would ask everyone. How do you hear from God? How do you feel from God? When you look back at a time in your life where you were definitely living in relationship with Jesus, close relationship with Jesus, you were not only in his shadow, you were on his back, just like John bumping into him. What was going on then? What was in your life? The answers are always the same, time in the Word, usually sometime listening to Christian radio or some type of worship music, uh, a men's group, a women's group, usually serving at church. Uh, serving on a mission trip or at a youth camp experience. When people talk about being really close to Jesus, it's always because they've made an extra effort to do something more to get close to Jesus. And that's what I would challenge our people to do. Think back to a time in your life when you were really, really close, figure out what you were doing then, and then do it again. Do it again. If, if you want to be within proximity of the promise, if you have a spirit to receive, do it again. 
You say, well, that might change some things. If being close to Jesus isn't worth changing your life for, then nothing is worth changing your life for. So just make a goal, take a deep breath, back to school year, figure out a way to press into Jesus again. If you if you are within proximity of the promise, you're going to hear his revelation for your life, just like John did. And I promise you, you'll be more fulfilled than if you were not. That's just the promise and the purpose of Jesus that he has for all of us. That's why I love this time of year, and thank you for laying out that uh, visual of maybe hitting the spiritual reset button in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So listen, we are really excited that you're back, Pastor Christian. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, and we are really looking forward to a great series from the book of Revelation. And once again, we want to thank you for listening today. As always, we hope that our conversation has challenged you in some way. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, would you please share it with a friend or or take time to rate us on iTunes or Google Play? This really helps us get the word out about this resource. We look for you to join us next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.